0: It's The Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories.
1: That seems to me like government is establishing a religion.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, transgender rights, racial rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there are special rights.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: Surveys show that people still really prefer freedom over force.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today's drive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday, producer Steve.
2: (sighs) That's all I can say. (laughs)
1: yes 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 you look at these headlines and it's not good for your blood pressure
2: well it's good that we have the you know our friday guest who's here because he set me straight (laughs) on this particular uh problem i'm having today and maybe we can get into it later
1: Uh, And that would be, it It is an Alan Thomas Friday. Alan Thomas, welcome uh, to the show. We're going to be talking about your piece that we'll have in the newsletter this weekend, How and Why the Federalist Papers Matter Today. I know you're an author. I didn't know you were a therapist.
3: Oh, well, I didn't know that either. So maybe I should start charging Steve (laughs) for that.
1: Exactly. Uh, Yes, because, uh, my gosh, there's a lot going on out there. So speaking of... uh, of Allen's essay, it will be in the newsletter this weekend. Go to our website and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, we changed web hosts this weekend, and you've met Z- you and Zach have finally met person to person. And w- he was he was whacking. He's like, y- you never that, know. Goes, that's
3: a large endeavor to do that is. to make it, sure everything gets over and nothing gets lost. So props to him on that. It,
1: it is, and uh, he said, Kim, "You've got a big website. There is a lot going on there." But it, it went, knock on wood, very smoothly. And uh, the only thing that hasn't been smooth about it is signing up for the weekly newsletter. So please try. try, And I've heard from a number of you who were signing up and said that, that it, there seemed to be a glitch. If there's a problem, just email me at kim at kimmunson.com. Zach and I see those, and uh, we'll get that taken care of. But again, check out the website, kimmunson, monso com. Sign up for a weekly email newsletter, and uh, you... Um, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com, and thank you to all of you who support us. And I I don't think I... Welcome to all of you, and it's important to me And running down the things that I'm doing here, is I so appreciate each and every one of you. You're each valued, you're treasured, you have purpose. Today, my friends, strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your, your mind, and your body. We were made for this moment. So again, it is an Alan Thomas uh, Friday. It's great to have you here, and you're going to be able to stay uh, through the whole... The whole show, both hour one and hour two. Hour two, today, is, it's it's uh, Open Line Friday, and I want to hear from you. 303-477-5600. Text line is 720-605-0647. And um, I, it, it pains me. I, I really don't like to do this, but if you... I, I need to. We need to talk a, a little bit more about Uncle Dick Wadhams and uh, the piece that he had in the Gazette. And so if you want to weigh in on that, you can call in. I've been doing uh, quite a bit of research, um, again, following the money, and I think that's probably the key component on all that. Uh, so you can call in on that, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that in a few moments. Our word of the day is um, malady, and I take that from your essay that you have and malady malady i'm saying that right right okay is a noun it's one a disease disorder or ailment two an unwholesome condition three a physical disorder or disease sickness or distemper of any kind especially a chronic deep-seated or dangerous disease and uh, i think that you used it it was number two in an unwholesome condition uh, but you went to was it Jefferson that you were quoting? I think I it was. So, yeah, yeah, and so our our sentence, I just took it from your your essay, is they contain not only the malady of human nature but also cures to prevent them. Actually, I think you wrote that sentence. Or did you take that from Jefferson?
3: I might have. I'm not sure.'ll <laughs> we'll, we'll find out when I reread it. but
1: <laughs> <laughs> So we'd recommend that people check that out. So again, the word of the day is malady. Okay, Steve, I'll put you on the spot. Can you think of anything right off the bat to put that in a sentence or should i give you a little bit of time
2: can anyone describe the malady that the biden administration really is
3: <laughs> there's a lot of them but free And things i'm going home now i'm out of here goodbye <laughs> good
1: job steve and what'd you say alan
3: uh fr- giving out free things is up there that's uh... oh my gosh
1: because there's nothing that's free you can't give away something that you haven't taken from somebody else
3: Exactly. And, and you know, that's the problem with communism, Marxism, progressivism is, is it's this idea that we can just give away things and, and everything will work out fine. And they ignore economic empirical evidence. They ignore uh, the reality that human life is lived through and that it doesn't work.
1: So I think it was yesterday, the end, end of the show, it was sometime this week I quoted Thomas Sowell and he was talking about social justice and fairness and he said, "How is it fair to take?" I'm paraphrasing now, to take something, you know, what is what's basically what's the right number? What's fair for you to take away from what, what I've earned? Somebody else has worked for. Yeah, and uh, boy, they they button it up and put it in different packages, but ultimately, it's theft.
3: It is theft, and you know, that's it's interesting because. Uh, the Federalist Papers actually talks about that, about the, the one thing that will divide people the quickest is money and, and different interests in money. And, and the people that have some are always going to be the j- jealous by the people that have little. And And so there's this idea of, hey, when you have these interests, when you have these passions and intrigues, how do you set up a government so that the majority can't take from the minority? How do you set up a government so that you can relieve the the human condition from these maladies and and that's why the federalist papers is so important that's why our constitution is so important because they safeguarded everything that we've worked hard for
1: so i've, I've talked to young people and they have really been taught socialism socialism is the gateway drug to communism <clears throat> but and, and you hear people say this like a, you know a, a professional player you know, the, why should they be paid that much? We need to take more of their earnings because why on earth should they be paid so much? Or um, Steve Jobs, who created um, the the iPhone <clears throat> or Apple. Uh, you know, that's they have way too much money. We should take their money. <clears throat> but the, the, the thing is, is if you create a product or something that people want, and, and for example, people wanting to watch sports, and they freely, of course, I, I, this is the thing. If they freely give their money to watch the sports, that's one thing. But if the money that they are receiving is from government assistance and they're spending money on sports, that's a bit of a problem, right, Alan? It
3: is. And, and you know, one of my favorite kind of little lines <laughs> is, you must be far gone in utopian speculation. And, and it's just brilliantly, <laughs> you know, ca- encapsulates this idea of, yeah, if we live in a utopia where we can just ignore how we as human beings can do bad things and evil things, sure, socialism might work. But that's ignoring the reality that we have millennia of evidence pointing to to the other side, saying, no, guys, we don't have a utopia. We can't be morally better. We can't count on human beings being good all of the time. That's why we can't have communism. That's why it doesn't work. Utopia won't happen in this lifetime here on earth with us.
1: So this argument, and many young people are making this, is they have so much money. And then there's the implication that people that have a lot of money, that they have uh, have uh, gotten that money because they've screwed other people. I mean, that, that's basically the line. And, uh, and in cronyism, that's true. That is true, that you've got uh, business, businesses and... Uh, government that get in bed with each other. And a perfect example is um, public, uni- public utility monopolies. Uh, they are in bed together. Uh, they don't have any competition. So the utilities and government, they come together instead of providing a product for their customers at the most reasonable price. Um, and I talk all the time about abundant, efficient, affordable. and uh, um, Abundant, efficient, affordable... And um, reliable energy. Uh, it took You're, me a
2: minute. You haven't done that one for a while. That, yeah. Yeah, there was four words, and I think, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what the fourth <laughs> I'm, word is. I'm looking is. to you
1: to say, hey, what's that fourth word? Uh, that is really what uh, a utility is supposed to do for their, their customers. But instead, we now see that they're in bed together trying to push the green agenda and then passing the cost of that on to their customers. Again, that's cronyism. That's not capitalism.
3: But don't you love how they they use this specious argument to kind of wrap it in together, right? They they try and wrap cronyism and capitalism in together, and then they like to say, oh, well, the idea of socialism will work. And we're sitting here going, well, the idea of capitalism isn't what we have right now. We need to compare actuals to actuals or ideas to ideas. You don't get to use the actual implementation of what... They would call capitalism today versus the idea of communism. Because we have what communism looks like, what Marxism looks like, what progressivism looks like. And we have example after example of how it fails and how it fails, especially the poor. And yeah, and so we need one. to look at the actuals or we need to look at the ideas. But you don't get to mix and match to make your argument look deceptively good.
1: Well said, Alan Thomas. Very well said. And so capitalism, people that come up with a product or a service that other people find of value and are willing to trade their hard-earned dollars for that, they say, yes, I, I want to trade my money for that because that service or that that um, uh, product makes my life better. And if somebody comes up with an idea, and a lot of people say, hey, that's good, I will trade my money for that, and somebody makes a lot of money. In the American idea, you go, that's great, instead of being, you use the word, instead of being jealous of their success, you look at it and you go, oh my gosh, in America, they can do it,
3: I can do it, and that's the American idea. It's exactly the American idea, and it also, you know, one other point that, that you didn't quite make is, there's a lot of people that don't buy that product. Right, because they have the freedom to choose whether to get that product or not. So, just because one person makes a product that a lot of people buy, doesn't force you to say, "Oh, well, now I have to buy that product." Right? You're allowed to say, "No, I don't want it." And that's the brilliance of capitalism: is not only the products that you can buy and the worth that you can bring to the world, but also the products you don't have to buy and that you won't buy.
1: Of course, you know what's coming to mind right now is the COVID experimental drug vaccine um how great would that be if from a cronyism standpoint if you came up with a product and then you use government to coerce and force people to use your product boy what 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 about that is that not the ultimate of cronyism
3: it's it's a pretty high example, <laughs> for sure. Uh,
1: well, we just blew through the first segment, and it seems like we just sat down. Alan Thomas is in the studio, and the conversations are always amazing. And uh, so we get to have these conversations because of wonderful sponsors. One of those is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance team, and Roger wants you to feel safe and well served, to understand your insurance coverage, and know that their office will respond to your caller text twenty four hours a day for that twenty four hour peace of mind. Call Roger Mangan at three zero three. 795 8855, like a good neighbor. The Roger Mangan team is
4: there. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that. And guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today.
5: It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubb Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubb Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubb Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's johnnystubbservices.com.
4: Reading Dr. James Lyons Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at Kim It's Friday! It is Friday! Welcome back
1: to The Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. It's KimMunson.com, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for a weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And I partook in Hooters' lunch special yesterday. I had their great... Uh, uh, fi- uh, now I forgot what I had the the uh, fish <laughs> fish and chips yeah the fish and chips I met Kurt Gerwitz over there and we ended up we always have such an interesting lunch and uh, but again Hooters restaurants great sponsor of both the shows uh, both the Kim Munson show and America's Veteran Stories uh, this week's America's Veterans Stories three o'clock on Sunday afternoon is um, an interview that I did with Ken Luttrell I think he's ninety nine years old. Marine, four Pacific World War II battles. Battle of the Marshall Islands, Battle of Saipan, Tinian, and Iwo Jima. And he was wounded at Iwo Jima. Fascinating interview. And again, uh, that will broadcast this Sunday. Speaking of Marines, uh, the USMC Memorial Foundation is uh, raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial. And I had suggested to just go over and donate the... uh, the um, price of a, a case of Bud Light, but I guess actually we'd like you to to donate a little bit more. And when I talk about Bud Light, it it breaks my heart what 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 they have done by uh, what they have done to the brand. And I think about the distributors, all of the employees when they have been talking about their stakeholders before they for, they forgot about their shareholders and their employees, and that breaks my heart. So. Anyway, the bottom line is go over Make a Contribution at the USMCMemorialFoundation.org and help them with the keeping the flags flying as well as um, as uh, the money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial. And the the other nonprofit that I am working with extensively is the Center for American Values. They're located on the Riverwalk down in Pueblo, Colorado, and they're focusing on a couple of things, honoring our Medal of Honor recipients, but also educational programs uh, for our, ourselves and for our next generation uh, to continue to, to put forth these, these principles of honor, integrity, and patriotism. So I've been going through their great Medal of Honor book. And uh, you can get more information about all this at AmericanValueCenters.org. Uh, and this is from Robert B. Nett, United States Army Medal of Honor. Uh, Steve, do you want to guess what year he was born?
2: No, I don't want to guess.
1: <laughs> well, it's the, it's the year that a lot of these guys were born, 1922. Oh,
2: there that is again. Yes. yes.
1: Okay. So, and uh, uh, he was 22 years old when all this occurred. He died in 2008, and he commanded Company E in an attack against a reinforced enemy battalion, which had held up to the American advance for two days from its entrenched positions around a three-story concrete building. With another infantry company and armored vehicle, Company E advanced against heavy machine gun and other automatic weapon fire with Lieutenant Nett spearheading the assault against the strong point. During the fierce hand to hand, Alan, you can't even imagine what that means. Fierce hand-to-hand encounter which ensued, he killed seven deeply entrenched Japanese with his rifle and bayonet. And although seriously wounded, gallantly continued to lead his men forward, refusing to relinquish his command. Again, he was severely wounded, but still unwilling to retire, pressed ahead with his troops to assure the capture of the objective. Wounded once more in the final assault, he calmly made all arrangements for the resumption of the advance, turned over his command to another officer, and then walked unaided to the rear for medical treatment. By his remarkable courage in continuing forward through sheer determination, despite successive wounds, Lieutenant Nett provided an inspiring example for his men and was instrumental in the capture of a vital strong point. Steve, I'll go to you first. What well, do you think?
2: Well, okay, you brought it up yesterday and, and again just now, and I'm sitting here pondering this as you're reading this citation. I guess the natural passage of time puts all the birth dates our birth years of these guys in 1920, 21, 22. If it's just, you know, when the world War, World War II hit, uh this is this is where they were. I mean, yeah. they, they were the prime guys to go and I guess that that's the pattern I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, and and they did. And uh, again, you know, normally they have the date of when this occurred in these citations, but that's not in there, but it was in 1944. Uh, Alan uh, your thoughts you're a young guy and hearing these stories I'm bringing them forward because I just think it's so important
3: well it's important because you know remembering is a part of being grateful right when you when you hear about these stories you're able to be grateful for what we have today that's why the USMC memorial is so important because you're supposed to pause reflect and be grateful for what we have in America because of you know, these extraordinarily brave men and women that that sacrificed everything for us. I know,
1: or or we're willing to. Now, the fact that he he lived until 2008 is amazing, but um, this is his quote. says, The victories of yesteryear are just one key to the door of freedom so that we can all be free here today. Education is essential to becoming good citizens and learning to appreciate others. And that's why we do what we do. That's why the USMC Memorial Foundation does what they do. That's why the Center for American Values does what they do. And we're going to be doing something exciting. I'm going to just leave that as a little, um, as a, little a teaser. But you and I are going to start something. You're going to help me. We're starting something super exciting. So it's a stay tuned kind of a thing.
3: Exactly. But, you know, that's the importance of of civic education is is understanding, again, remembering where we came from and how our government was founded and under what conditions. That way we can fully appreciate what we have today and try and keep it.
1: And that's that is is why those that have been wanting to tear down our history uh, and history is both the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. They only want to talk about the bad and uh, none of the good and that's why tearing down memorials not teaching history all these things are so important Agreed, steve
2: agreed and i'm pondering because what i said to you this morning when you first called in how fatigued i am of seeing some of these headlines we're seeing at the very top of our government is involved in all these nefarious things tired of living in a country like this Uh, it's rotten at the top and yes there's mumblings about impeachments and whatnot like that but it seems to be all lip service i just when do we ever get off this slippery slope
1: well that's how they want us to feel steve
2: (laughs) well then they're having great success with me
1: they're having success with you and i get it uh you know alan as we look at Where we are right now, we look at our next generations. It is a bit daunting. We are in very perilous times. In fact, um, General Joe Arbuckle, who's one of the founders of um, Flag Officers for America, this is admirals and generals that are actually taking a stand. Normally they're apolitical, but they're looking at what's going on, and they're saying, we're in trouble, and we are in trouble. But in this battle of ideas— I would say that we are in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> that's why we, we do this show, is to help you get your brain around these issues so that you can engage in, quote-unquote, hand-to-hand combat in this battle of ideas as you're talking with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. And that's why these essays that you're doing, they are just, they're great. And that's going to be on the website and in the newsletter this week.
3: Well, thanks, Kim. I, I hope your, your readers and listeners appreciate it
1: as well. Well, I, I see when we, when we get it on Facebook, uh, there's a lot of engagement. And I love that. And we get to do this because I have wonderful sponsors. And I know each and every one of them personally. And a way that you can support the show is if you need their goods or services to give them your business. And one of those great sponsors is Erin. uh, I have her on the line right now from uh, Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services. Erin, welcome to the show. Good morning. It is great to have you. And um, with all this stuff going on, with the, I mean, the temperatures are up and down, um, people need to make sure that they do have their cooling system ready uh, for the hot days, and then they can turn it off during the cool days, Erin. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so um, you guys are great new sponsors of the show, and you specialize in heating and air conditioning uh, services. What, what do you want people to know right now in the middle of the summer, Erin? Oh,
6: it's um it's very important to make sure that your unit is ready uh make sure that you're getting it checked and, and make sure you're getting your filters changed for sure because um you know you don't want us to, in the middle of this 98 degree weather stop all of a sudden and you can't get, you're getting hot in there so um I mean so busy season so we definitely want to make sure that you're up and running and not naming us in an emergency
1: <laughs> absolutely because if it's really hot and um uh, And you want to work with reputable people on your heating and air conditioning cooling systems, and that's why I'm so pleased to have Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning as a sponsor. But, you know, that's one of the things, Erin, is preparation. Instead of waiting for something to break when you need it, if you're doing your maintenance, everything's ready and you can have a lot of confidence that uh, things will be ready both in the summer and in the winter. And so I highly recommend that people reach out to you for a, uh, a cooling check. And um, when you guys came out to check my unit, uh, found something, you checked both the heat, heating unit and the air conditioning, and I had a challenge with my heating system. So we ended up putting in new heating and air conditioning systems. And uh, I tell you what, my air conditioning is working beautifully, and I greatly appreciate it.
6: Oh, that's awesome. We're so glad. I love it whenever um, we get that feedback that everything is working perfectly, because definitely we'd rather be a little bit chilly in the summer when you're in your house than sweating.
1: (laughs) Than than cooking, for sure. What is your website, Erin? It's at johnnystubbservices.com. And again, that's johnnystubbservices.com. And Erin, thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you. Okay. And um, I have a lot of great sponsors. And again, a great way to support the show is by giving them your business.
0: There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the Metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516.
7: Pain can be exhausting and frustrating, and Kim was recently experiencing hip pain from life's wear and tear. Dr. Craig Stimson with Advantage Wellness Center was able to help. For over 35 years, Dr. Craig Stimson has been helping individuals and their entire families with non-surgical and drugless treatments to address sports injuries, back and neck pain, headaches, joint pain, and auto accident injuries. Call Dr. Craig at 303-691-1771 today for your appointment. Dr. Craig Stimson, he can help you too. That number is 303-691-1771.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: It is Friday, and welcome to the back to the Kim Munson show. Be sure and check out our website, that is com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at kim at kimmunson.com as well. Um, and thank you to all of you, supporters. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And Alan Thomas is in studio, and uh, we're going to be talking about his piece here in just a moment but steve you had given me this this i mean it's a real meme it is a um it's a photo of a transport jet uh it's not an electric jet i don't see an extension cord there Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, coming out of it is all of these very fancy suvs and uh the meme says never forget the world's elite put million dollar limousines on billion-dollar jets to fly around the world to tell you to reduce your carbon footprint. And, Ellen, did you see this about this uh, Spanish uh, bureaucrat? Uh, she's one of the eco people. Um, Teresa Ribera, I think, is her name. That uh, Did you see this story at no, all?
7: No, I didn't.
3: Okay.
1: I mean, this is so – it's it's so bad, if you can believe it. Apparently, she flies to this climate conference – And then gets in one of these uh, limos and drives that to within 100 yards of where the meeting is with, you know, uh, her entourage and then stops, pulls out a bicycle and rides the bicycle the last 100 yards. And can you say Pete Buttigieg, isn't that? Didn't he do that, too?
3: I, I mean, it's just in this day and age, how did she think she was going to get away with it? I mean, that's my. But they really do. They really do think they can get away with it. And I'm sure she tried to spin it some way and tried to put it off on something else. But yet again, we can tell by their actions. They don't actually believe what they're selling. They're selling it because it's control.
1: Right. right. And if, in fact, they really believed that carbon, that, that uh, these, um, these things were going to destroy the world, then they wouldn't do it, right?
3: You would think. I mean, it was the same thing John Kerry, I think, this past week tried to say, I don't own a private jet. My wife does, but I don't. <laughs> it's like, r- really, John? Like, you're you're the biggest climate alarmist that, that we know of. And, and that's – it's just for power. And, and to not be able to see through the fact that, you know, efficient, reliable, but more importantly, cheap energy is one of the greatest uplifters of the poor – And that these green energy policies disproportionately affect and hurt the poor among us is just them on one hand saying we care about the poor, but then on the other hand, they're just smacking them down and keeping them down as much as possible. So
1: they're smacking them down. And I remember uh, XL Energy has this thing, I think they called it, it LEAP, where people could donate to this program that they have to help with the energy bills of the people that are you know, on uh, you know further down on the economic ladder and i'm like that's nuts in essence what they need to be doing is making sure we have reliable efficient affordable and abundant energy but it it and i could to me it was another kind of form of s- soft socialism if you will to increase the price of energy and people are like oh my gosh people on the e- lower rungs of the economic ladder it hurts them And so then say to other people, you can give your money to help with that. Okay, that seems altruistic, yes. But then when that doesn't work, then there's force. And we see all kinds of now programs to help those that are poor. It's another guise to take money from one one set to redistribute to another, Alan.
3: Well, it's just also another way to take the self-reliance of one person off of themselves and put it onto the government. And when the government can control your life, when you have to rely on the government for your life to be able to live, to be able to afford energy or food bills because of inflation, because of regulations, or because of monopolies or cronyism, that's just another way to take a virtue away from somebody and have them be reliant on the government, which is antithetical to what the Founding Fathers even wanted us to be.
1: So let's talk about the Federalist Papers, that that old antiquated group of essays, and I love how you started this, where you said, if you told me that a series of opinion articles in the New York Times would be relevant 200 years from now and that they would be the best commentary on the principles of government which was ever written, you would say, you would probably call us crazy, right?
3: Yeah, I would say (laughs) that that's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, that's absolutely what uh, Alexander Hamilton, Madison, and Monroe, or John Jay, did they they wrote these series of articles trying to convince the american public and more specifically mostly to new york to adopt and ratify this constitution and in writing these they they ended up bounding them together in a book because they became popular and people talked about them and now we have this book this document about governance and and what it means to have a constitution but also what it means to be a virtuous citizenry to to guide us into what we have in our government, but also to guide us in our lives. And it's absolutely relevant 200 years from now. And it's a document that that honestly should be read by every high schooler to, to know and understand what they should be voting on before they can even vote.
1: Well, if they were teaching that instead of um, uh, teaching kids that they're part of a group that uh, one's an oppressor, one's a victim, or that you're not a boy or a girl, uh, then uh, in focusing on the Federalist Papers, then they wouldn't have time to be teaching all this other junk that they're they're teaching. I just had to throw that in. Well, <laughs> and,
3: and that's actually in the Federalist Papers. The, he talks about this, this desire for demagogues, for, for political leaders to try and split us out into groups because they, he knows that when you have this political leader, when you're not self-reliant enough on your own thoughts and you look to other people to tell you how to live your life, that they're able to convince you to give them more power and that the when you denigrate institutions when you tear institutions down needlessly well now you have nothing as a society to bind you together and to hold you together and and he talks about all these wonderful things in the federalist papers so you know they're they're more than just how and why our governments constructed they really do delve into human nature and how to live life
1: and they're they're a bit hard to read though yes they are
3: hard yes yeah. there's there's a lot of very big words there's a lot of uh, it, it was written in the 1700s is it, probably the best way. You know, I I never particularly read Shakespeare very well. I, I really relied on other people to tell me what he was kind of saying. And it's it's somewhat similar. The way they write back then was different than we do now. They use a lot of double negatives. They use the way they frame logic is, is a lot different than how we write now. But it's still beautiful the way that they can write about human nature and, and just capture these axioms and these these wonderful colloquialisms about life and just write them there. And there's a lot of untapped wisdom in the Federalist Papers. That I think people don't even get to read or write because they don't understand that it's there.
1: And uh, for a long time, like in, in during the um, what 70s and 80s, this was not really even taught much in college,
3: right? I'm I'm guessing so. I wasn't around then.
1: Luke, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm going to. I think Cranwitter said something along that line, and so I don't have the exact...
3: Um... I mean, it's very progressive, right? And that's definitely what Dr. Cranwitter talks about is this idea of, of progressivism. Why do you need to read these ancient documents? We we only care about here and now. These These ancient documents and texts mean nothing now because... You know, the culture back then was terrible. Those people were terrible. So we need to focus on now that we are now more morally superior beings. So we don't need to read these writings of Shakespeare, of Aristotle, of Plato, of of Alexander Hamilton, because they were terrible people. We're better people. So let's not worry about history. Let's not learn from history because we have our truth now. So that's absolutely one of the, the institutions that we have lost in that um, you and, know, and if we want to turn it around, on all that absolutely. You're talking, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's it's terrible the way we have lost the institution of education, and and that's probably one of the reasons uh, Steve's having a little bit of a grumpy Friday now. Is we just have a society that has lost remembrance of what our constitution is, why it's been founded that way, and when you lose that institution when it's teared down when people tear it down needlessly, well, that's what we're left with, and. And that's also why I think we have a little bit of hope because we still do have this bedrock, this foundation that we can come back to, to try and teach new generations and hopefully try and and outdo the generations that that didn't study this document, that didn't study our government, that don't have virtues in their lives, as long as we can teach that in the next generation. I think we're always a generation away from from true liberty too.
1: Well, and don't you feel that there is a hunger? And and granted, there are people that don't understand... Why we're where we are right now, but and we're in perilous times. There's no doubt about it. However, I'm finding that I I find hope in the fact that the veil is off on what is going on. I mean, you look at Honest Pete, the the um, the the White House. We've had the uh, Gay Pride flag flown more prominently than the United States. Of America flag. We've had now cocaine in the White House, uh, bare breasts on the White House lawn. I mean, we, this is a laughing stock of the world right now with what's going on. But the veil is off. I mean, more and more people are waking up, and I find great hope in that, Alan.
3: I do too. You know, you saw Jason Aldean's song went to number one talking about not in a small town. But, you know, you see all this, and And I look at, like, the younger generations, too, and and the people below me and and just their love for freedom, their love to decide what to do with their life. You see a lot of people working from home and enjoying that and being able to make their own decisions on how to live their life. They're, They're out there creating apps. They're out there creating, you know, Airbnb so they don't have to be reliant on hotels. And you just see the government, cryptocurrency, just trying to come in and regulate them. And before you know it, they create something else that the government's not regulating. So... I do think there's, there's this liberty and freedom that, that especially the younger generation wants to have. I mean, that's also something growing up, right? You want mm-hmm. that liberty and independence from your parents, and, and also you, you, know, you can kind of associate that with an overbearing government as well that's trying to tell you exactly what to do and exactly how to live your life. So I do think they, they have that. They just haven't been taught this, this core foundational knowledge, this, this philosophy of freedom and why our republic is the way it is is to protect that freedom and to protect their ability to create and to be free.
1: So, Alan, I <clears throat> have always thought that the Constitution was has been, was put in place to protect the ideals of the the Declaration. Is what do you think about that?
3: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's this, but also more importantly, I think one of the the very unique things about our government and in, in in reading the Federalist papers and studying them, what was very unique about us is we decided to change. You know, we had these Articles of Confederation that just weren't working. The the states were always fighting, nothing could get passed at a national level. The states were basically independent countries. And our founding fathers were really tasked to go there and fix the Articles of Confederation, but when they sat down and they said, you know what? They just had this wisdom to say, you know, these aren't going to work. There's nothing we can do to fix these. And and that's very unique in the history of nations because you look at, like, Great Britain. They slowly changed things. They didn't scrap everything at once and start over, but we did. We started over, and we said, you know what? We're not living up to this mission of all men created equal. We're not living up to this mission of having the proper role of government, especially a national government. So we're going to start over, and we're going to study all of the republics, all of the governments that have come before us. And we're going to borrow and we're going to piece together all these different ideas, you know, starting all the way back from the ancient Greeks, all the way up to newer ideas such as, you know, common law, uh, the British common law. We're going to piece that in and we're going to steal from all these other governments things that work because we're going to study them. We're going to see what worked and why. Why did those old ancient Greek republics fail? And we're going to try and put stopgaps in there to prevent human nature from making this republic fail. So we just had that wisdom, you know, and it's, it's a lesson many of our uh, legislators could probably learn. Hey, when something's not working, scrap it. Don't try and change it. You know, we see so many laws that have sunsets or we see so many laws in our Colorado legislature, or even at a national level, that they implement them with these great ideas, these great intentions, and they don't work. And so what do they do? They double down on them. They don't say, hey, you know what, this program to help homelessness hasn't worked. What they do is they decide, well, we're gonna throw more money at the issue. They don't scrap that law and say, you know what, we need to go back to the starting board and try something new. And that's the wisdom of what our founding fathers did is they said, these Articles of Confederation aren't gonna work. We're gonna start over, we're gonna sit here, we're gonna deliberate. We're gonna sit here and really talk about how and why each piece of our Constitution fits with the other pieces and how those work together, and how they check each other, and how they balance each other out. And it's not just something that was thrown together in a week. And and that's the beauty of what the Federalist Papers teaches, is these were deliberated about. These were argued... Ad nauseum, I'm sure. If I, I'm sure if we were all in the room, we'd be like, oh, my gosh, we're talking about oh, this again. Madison's
1: talking again. Yeah, <laughs> Hamilton, can you slow it down, man? I mean,
3: but that's the point. These were deliberative. These were very intentional. And this wasn't just something that was thrown together to say, oh, yeah, we have that great declaration. Here's a constitution to match. You guys should all vote for it and ratify it. This took a lot of effort.
1: Boy, this is, you, you are making such an important point to 2023 America, and this is Alan Thomas. We're talking about his piece that will be in the newsletter this weekend, How and Why the Federalist Papers Matter Today. And we have these important conversations because of sponsors like Lauren Levy
6: knowledge is power. A reverse mortgage can be an important financial tool for individuals 62 and older. It is essential to understand the process so that all your questions are answered. With nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry, Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has the experience to answer your questions. Lorne understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, call Lorne Levy at 303-880-8881. Kim Munson highly recommends Lorne Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lorne at 303-880-8881.
8: You want to be proactive about protecting your home and family
9: in light of high crime and uncertain times. You need to go to Franktown Firearms. As a family-owned and family-friendly gun store and range, Franktown Firearms invites you to train and learn together. They want you and your family to be safe and confident in using the firearms you purchase. And while most ranges will teach you to shoot down a straight line, Franktown offers a more tactical approach where you're walking, ducking, drawing, in more realistic scenarios and always with safety as a top priority. Training your family to defend themselves is an important process. You need a patient and experienced trainer to work with. Franktown Firearms offers group classes, one-on-one training, and special shooting events like Tactical Fun Night to improve your skill and have fun while you're at it. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown and schedule your family's training today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made.
1: It's it is Friday. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for a weekly email newsletter and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Alan Thomas, I forgot to bring this. Um, Zach and I were working also on a new marketing brochure. And he had said, Kim, you need to get some new photos. And I didn't want to get new photos because I don't like to have my picture taken. But I I contacted uh, Janssen Photography out in Lakewood, Colorado. And they uh, did a number of great photos for me. And we have this beautiful new sales brochure. And uh, if you are interested and you want to see it, just email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. But uh, Glenn Janssen does magic with the camera. And uh, I would highly recommend for Senior Photos. Uh, senior portraits, family portraits, portraits of children, or that important business uh, or politi- that photo for your business or your political career, Jansen Photography is the place to go. And you can reach them at com. That's com. But they have done a beautiful job, Alan.
3: Uh, good photographers are worth their weight in gold. Yeah, if they can capture your well, for in my case, my one good side, right? That's
1: <laughs> and know which side that is. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and again, Glenn Jansen could do that. That is jansenphotography dot com. The Federalist Papers, the Constitution, the Declaration. The more I learn about these, what amazing documents they are! And this last uh, May, I uh, I got to go with my good friend Yvonne and some other folks to um, Virginia. Uh, And uh, we went to Monticello, which is the home of Thomas Jefferson. And just standing in the space where these ideas – and again, he's not a perfect guy. I get it. But it's a pretty amazing idea that uh, if all men are created equal, as uh, Calvin Coolidge said, then that's final. We don't need to have any other conversation about it. We need to strive for that ideal. But then uh, not far from where he lives – well, next door was James Monroe's place, and we didn't go there because we ran out of time. But then not a very far drive is Montpelier, which is um, James Madison's home. And so to stand in his study, I have pictures of it, and think this is really, this is kind of the place where the Constitution, you know, really, you know, was kind of the brain. He's called the father of the Constitution. It was important to me. So my my question is Madison, interesting guy. Uh, let's see. Oh, gosh. there. Let's see. It was Washington. Adams, Jefferson, Madison was fourth, President Monroe was fifth. So what do you think about Madison?
3: Well, it's it's kind of interesting, too, because, you know, you, you kind of can start to get a little bit of a flavor of who wrote what. You know, luckily, we know kind of who wrote which one. But Of
1: the Federalist Papers. Of all the
3: Federalist Papers, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, you can definitely read Alexander Hamilton's brashness and, and a little bit of flamboyance. And he's, he's definitely out there, and he definitely has a flourish of a pen for sure. And then you have— Uh, I find Madison's a lot more uniting. I I find him asking a lot more questions, trying to be a lot more persuasive, maybe to people who weren't leaning towards ratifying the Constitution and really coming back and saying, hey, guys, you know, like, for instance, one, one of his papers, he writes and he goes, you know, one of the important things of government is national security. Can't we all agree on that? And from that foundational agreement, he then moves on to why the Constitution will provide that and and the importance of providing that national security to all the states. And if they were independent countries or several confederacies, why that wouldn't be allowed for? So I really find Madison very uniting when he writes. He he asks a lot of uh, questions in that regard to try and convince you and and start with this base agreement, which is really another important thing about the Federalist Papers. It teaches you a lot about rhetoric and persuasion. You can see in the way that they wrote and how they write, how they're trying to persuade this public to come around to this Constitution and, and to ratify it. And there's a lot to be learned about how to effectively persuade people, especially now and where we sit when we're trying to persuade people that that liberty is good for them, that institutions are a good thing, that we don't need to needlessly tear them down and that this Constitution is a good uh, foundation for us to start with, and the ideas in the in the Declaration are what it's shooting towards.
1: So Madison, this is the, another thing. This is my understanding of uh, some of the states. In order to ratify the Constitution, said we want a Bill of Rights, and uh, apparently Hamilton kind of thought we didn't need a Bill of Rights because if if we adhered to the Constitution, the way the separation of powers and all this, then We wouldn't need a Bill of Rights because inherently those rights would not be infringed upon because—
3: They weren't enumerated, right? Yeah,
1: they weren't. But there were states that said, we need that. And Madison basically said, hey, if you ratify the Constitution, we will get a Bill of Rights. And he kept his word. I find it amazing that that they trusted him to do that. I, I just find that remarkable.
3: You know, we, we could probably couldn't study the Founding Fathers enough because it's the same thing with Washington. You know, that was one of the things a lot of people wanted to trust Washington, and yet he had the power and that resolve and that virtue to step down out of power when he needed to and to step into power when he needed to. And and that's something we're missing, too, is this, this mutual civic trust, this ability to trust your neighbor, to trust the people, but to distrust the government. That was something that, that the colonials back then definitely had they had this fear of government saying you're going to infringe on my liberties you're going to infringe on my life but you know what madison i trust you and and that ability to make a handshake and to take people at their word that's that's the symbol of a virtuous society that's a that's a byproduct of a virtuous people and that's what we need to get back to Mm -hmm. because we don't have that now we have the government that we deserve to be perfectly frank and honest with you, the government that we have now is a reflection on our society and our lack of virtues within that society. So if we want to get to the government that we want, it's going to take a lot of soul searching as a society, a lot of virtuous citizens saying, you know what? I know I can rely on the government, but I'm going to rely on myself instead mm-hmm. and doing it the hard way and teaching other individuals to to be virtuous again, we we have the government that we deserve, and and we need to teach that virtue that way we can again come back to these this time where we could almost trust politicians, right? I mean, that's essentially what he was. He was a politician and and everybody trusted him and said, okay, we'll we'll vote for this constitution, but you told us you were going to give us a bill of rights. We expect that to happen. They trusted him, and he did it,
1: yeah. And it's so different now because uh, I was on city council for four years. And I really learned a lot. And when when I got onto city council, I thought that what we would be doing is deli- deliberating uh, different things at our council meetings. The public could come in; we'd have input, uh, and, and that we would get to the because of those deliberations, we would get to the best outcome. And and so. Within that, I was surprised then, and you've seen this, you see it down at Dr. Cog, which is the Denver Regional Council of Governments, which is a bureaucracy that has tremendous power, is they are always always wanting to come to consensus and that we have this united vote in front of the public. And it's it, it's no longer really being representatives of the public. It's pushing forward particular agendas. And consensus... Was not what they were working towards. They were working towards the best outcome, not consensus. And I think those two things are different. Am I making any no? Sense? No,
3: I you know, and that's that's the difference between what I I think we're missing today in society. A lot of nuance, right? There there is a lot of gray. You can hold two opinions at the same time that that people are trying to make contradictory, right? You know, I can I can think on one hand that. That they shouldn't have gone after Trump for his classified documents, but then on the other hand say, dude, why didn't you turn them over? I can hold both of those views at the same time. I can have nuance. And there's a lot of nuance when it comes to policy. And there's a lot of, like you said, deliberate, deliberation and and statesmanship that's supposed to go on. and And we've lost that. We've lost that ability to hold a nuanced opinion and to say, you know what? I, I may not totally agree with everything in this bill, but if this bill takes a step towards freedom, if this relieves business owners of regulations, of, of taxes, of of this huge burden of government, you know what, even just a little bit, I'm going to vote for it. And I'm sure that some of what you had to deal with on city council was saying, you know what, I may not entire. Entirely agree with everything, but at least it's a step in the right direction Mm -hmm. towards freedom as opposed to step in a direction towards more control Mm -hmm. and more force.
1: And when it was uh, when it was moving towards it was not the proper role of government, which is moving towards some kind of force. Many times it's taking money from one person for somebody else. I would vote no. And uh, and what was so interesting is they forcibly wanted to get to a 5-0 vote and i'm like 4-1 you're going to get your your way but that was and i realized that that they wanted consensus because then they th- the public couldn't look at it and say oh that there was some deliberation on that so well okay. they
3: also just wanted you to agree with their idea right? Right, and we're, right we're seeing that a lot now too is is this force of you have to agree with the way i think otherwise you don't like me
1: Yep, you nailed it. So you're going to stay for hour number two, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, our our quote was uh, sent in by Luana, and I want to say thank you. And it was a letter from Thomas Jefferson to Richard Price, January 8, 1789. It was this, whenever the people are well-informed, they can be trusted with their own government, that whenever things get so far wrong as to attract their notice, they may be relied on to set them rights. We're right there right now. My friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two.
0: But tell
10: them if I don't say-
0: Analyzing the most important story.
1: That seems to me like government is establishing a religion.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, transgender rights, racial rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there are special rights.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that people still really prefer freedom over force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment, and thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. And, of course, I want to give a shout-out to producer Rachel, who's been training with you, producer Steve. She's not in today, but uh, what a delightful person.
2: She is, and, uh, well, I... (laughs) Uh, yes. I'll, <laughs> let's just leave it right there because uh, she has quite a bit of experience in this office. Uh, she used to be the traffic manager, and traffic is a radio term that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with cars. So she used to do traffic here at uh, at Crawford, but she also has her own show on uh, KLVC.
1: And explain to people what traffic means because I, I had to learn that.
2: Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> because there's a lot to it. Well, in modern day radio and metropolitan areas, traffic you know draws you draws to mind only one thing, but uh, traffic was a term that was put out there regarding the, the flow, the proper flow of uh, spots and, and commercials and that type of thing be, between one station or multiple stations, and it, it, you know it just. It's a it's a tough job. I I really don't know that I could do traffic.
1: Yes, and so she's absolutely delightful. She will be taking over the reins at uh, KLTT. There are four stations here out of this Crawford office, and the Crawford is an independently family-owned uh, group of stations. They have twenty-two throughout the United States, and uh, so she will be taking the reins of KLTT here soon. And uh, she will be backup uh, for me. Um, for the show. And uh, so anyway, I wanted to just mention that. And she's just done a great job. I also wanted to mention Dr. James Lyons Weiler. Uh, He is a regular guest on the show. He is the founder of IPAC-EDU. And IPAC is Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. And uh, he's a scientist. And he, he founded IPAC. And then through the whole COVID thing, realized that knowledge is power. And so he is having excellent instructors and he's uh, offering a number of classes at a very reasonable price like 180 bucks for 15 weeks with these amazing instructors and they're getting ready for their fall semesters and so you can get more information by going to ipac-edu.org and also you can find him at Substack under popular rationalism and of course we had Helen Raleigh on Earlier this week, uh, she writes at um, Substack as well, and you can support both of them. They have free content, and also then you can um, support them monetarily as well. But again, IPAC-EDU, he is just doing amazing work there. Let's get over to our word of the day, and this is, you can find it in Alan Thomas's essay that will roll out this weekend, and that is... Uh, how and why the Federalist Papers matter today. And we had such a great discussion. Uh, we, could, we could actually, I think, when you're in studio, we could go Joe Rogan. We could actually go a long version on these, uh, these interviews. And, you know, he's three oh, I'm, hours. I'm time. sure
3: we could talk for hours <laughs> about this. It would be a lot of fun, too. Yeah,
1: we'll have to, so stay tuned. Stay tuned on that. But uh, I chose this word because you used it in your essay, and it's malady. And it's a noun. It could be a disease, disorder, or ailment. Uh, Number two, an unwholesome condition. Three, a physical disorder or disease, sickness or distemper of any kind, especially a chronic, deep-seated, or dangerous disease. And I just took the sentence from your essay. It says, they contain not only the malady of human nature, but also cures to prevent them. I'm thinking you're channeling some some Thomas Jefferson or James Madison or Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. Something's happening here.
3: Well, when you when you read the Federalist Papers enough, they they have a <laughs> lot of wisdom and a lot of great sayings. So I'm sure it seeps through a little bit, if, if by os, osmosis at the very least. Right? It, it
1: has to be. And again, you you read these, and people try to portray our founders as these old dumb you know white guys that were just in it for their their own interests and please remember my friends as the 56 signers were signing the declaration of independence they knew that they were signing a death warrant on them because they could hear the uh, british cannons just down the river and as benjamin franklin said we have to hang together otherwise we'll hang separately this was not about enriching themselves this was about liberty
3: well, and you know, I, I forget who wrote it, but there's a great article about the 56 signers and and how their lives actually ended up. And a lot of them lost all of their fortune. A lot of them died penniless uh, because of the stance that they took and because of the Revolutionary War. But they were committed to the principle. They were committed to the cause, and they knew that you know, if as virtuous people, they knew this was something that that needed to happen. And so they wrote their names to it and they suffered the consequences but man they built something beautiful
4: did they
1: not build something beautiful and as well when i had um, dr alan gelzo on um, prince to professor he had been at gettysburg college expert on lincoln and gettysburg and uh, this was for one of our july 4 shows i like to have him during that week uh, when we pre-record all those but he said that uh, if those, if, if if the patriots, if if the colonists hadn't stood, uh, stood against Britain, and then you get to Gettysburg, and he was talking about the Battle of Gettysburg, and if the Union had not prevailed, then who in future generations would there have been that would have stood against Hitler, or the tyranny that we see now? And as he, as he connected the colonists to Gettysburg to where we are now. I mean, is that, does that not give you inspiration that we're here for something bigger than ourselves? And that, that takes us right to the quote of the day then, these Medal of Honor guys. And I won't reread the c- citation. 22 years old, uh, and that was Robert B. Nett, United States Army Medal of Honor, born 1922, died in 2008. And if you want to hear the citation, or you can certainly look it up, uh, of uh, when he received the Medal of Honor, I mean, when it says bayonets and hand-to-hand combat, it's not... It's not easy. It is not easy whatsoever. But he said, The victories of yesteryear are just one key to the door of freedom so that we can all be free here today. Education is essential to becoming good citizens and learning to appreciate others. And, Alan, I had the – how are we doing on time? I had a a great opportunity this week to have lunch with uh, a friend of mine from Liberty Toastmasters, Michael, and uh, um, the widow of uh, Bill Brunger. And uh, he's a World War II veteran. He was at Battle of the Bulge. And she had this little cigar box of letters and had written, and he had written this. He said, oh, this is moving around. It says, the minute that you go into combat, again, World War II veteran, Battle of the Bulge, Bill Brunger says, the minute that you go into combat and, and start firing at the enemy and the enemy is firing at you, uh, your whole world changes in a matter of seconds. You can't think of a, a book uh, or a loved one or what you went to uh, or, or what you want to be. Whoops! What you want to be when you grow up? Again, um, in that short matter of time, you become grown up, and all you can think about is how you can um, can can stay alive and how you are going to kill your enemy, and that is war. You grow up
3: immediately. You do. I mean, it's an it's an immediate reality that kind of hits you in the face, you know. And and you know, parents kind of understand this a little bit too, you know. When you're suddenly holding your kid, there, there's a whole new reality that that's just there for you, right? And yeah. and but this is way worse than that. That's the kind of the opposite because when you have a new kid, you're holding life. When you're going into war, you're facing death, you know, and you're you're seeing death in a whole different light. And so, I, I think that's why they can have these these wise quotes and these, these impactful quotes because they've seen another side of life that, that a lot of us don't get to see. And we won't ever... We don't,
1: wa- don't want to see. We
3: don't want to see and we won't ever get access to see possibly too, right? So God willing. we need to learn from them.
1: Right. God willing, we won't have to, to fight that kind of battle. But we are in a battle. We're in a ideological battle right now. And, uh, and you know what? We, we need to grow up. We need to grow up as a society, and uh, that's why I'm doing these uh, Medal of Honor quotes from the, um, this little book from the Center for American Values. And my friends, I really would recommend put the family in the car, go down to Pueblo, and uh, it's on the Riverwalk, the Center for American Values, and just go in. They have over 160 of these portraits of these guys and their quotes, and there's no way that you can take it all in in one, one time. I can only really probably look at 10 or 15 of them, and then my mind is just... It's just full. And uh, so I've not read all of them yet, but I intend to do so. But that's why we're sharing these with you. And so get more information, you can go to AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org. We do this show. We get to do it because I get to work with great people. And one of those is Roger Mangan and his State Farm Insurance Team. And they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303 795 8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there.
4: Rosie's doing it, so is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that, and guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N.com.
0: I left my
1: heart in. San oh, my gosh, that was back when San Francisco was a beautiful city. And uh, that's Tony Bennett. It just came across the wire that he just passed on at the age of 96. What a beautiful song. What they have done. Oh, these, these PBIs, this radical activist to San Francisco. Uh, it's unbelievable. And, again, it was such a beautiful city. But I was there a few years ago. This was before covid and uh, was uh, downtown, and uh, the person that I was with, uh, I, I was getting ready to grab the banister to go down the, some public stairs, and he said, you don't want to do that, he said, because the uh, people are, are, can I say, how can I say P-E-E-I-N-G on the radio, Steve?
2: You already did, so <laughs> move on.
1: <laughs> okay. He said that that uh, people would do that to the banisters. Uh. And I'm like, uh, uh, ah, ugh. And uh, but anyway, hats off to Tony Bennett. So so much great music throughout his life, and rest in peace, Tony Bennett. And um, so just wanted to do that. So okay, let's get into it. I want to hear from you, and that is seven two zero six zero five zero six four seven. And uh, Alan, there is a, a piece that that was written this weekend by Dick Wadams, Uncle Dick Wadams, uh, that was in the Gazette. And uh, I I really wish that he would put a lot more focus on the radical activists that are controlling Colorado right now instead of fighting with the grassroots, but he seems to be doing that. And so this piece, it's weird. It says, the open primary causes acne, too. And uh, up until seven years ago, we had closed primaries. Uh, and then there was a vote, Kent Theory, with DeVita, uh, or former, formerly the CEO of DeVita, the um, oh, dialysis company, Uh, has taken it upon himself, he really wants to change the way we vote in America. And uh, Colorado is their test case. And uh, so he's put a lot of money into uh, opening up the primary. And the narrative out there is so that unaffiliateds don't feel um, uh, uh, undercut or what, that they're not marginalized, that, in fact, unaffiliateds could vote in, in the primaries to help select the candidates that will be on the ballot. And that's just, I think it just it's, it's dumb. Uh, if people want to uh, vote in a primary, it's easy in Colorado. You can go on your computer and change from unaffiliated to Democrat or Democrat to unaffiliated or to Republican. You can do that. What it's really about, I think, is money and power. Uh, because uh, unaffiliated aren't paying attention to primary candidates and so it, i think it's um i think it's a, a dumb argument but anyway he wants to keep the open primary and there are those that, that would like to have republicans vote in republican primaries democrats and democrat par- primaries and i think that's a good idea i know i'm kind of putting you on the spot don't feel like you have to jump in on any of this but
3: no uh, no I, you know i'll jump in on anything kim so you know the funny thing is is uh it, it's, I, I have empirical knowledge of people that have said they are going to vote in the Republican primary on the candidates that they think are weakest or the most crazy. That way they can hopefully win. And, you know, the, the oh, difficulty so, so with that the Democrats can so, win. and then they vote for the Democrat then in in, in the main election. And, you know, the, the problem with that is I don't know how many votes are going that way. I don't know how many people are actually that committed to causing chaos and mayhem. But that's the that's the point. That's why it shouldn't be open. Is because, you if you want to vote in Republican primaries, then just register as a Republican. There's lots of ways to get around this open primary and making unaffiliated voters feel heard. For instance, if you know if you want to vote for a primary candidate next year, that's the only primary ballot you should get. You know, it, there, there's lots of ways to protect around this, and you know a lot of the difficulty of this argument is, I I actually think. Um, from the from the foundation the idea he's talking about getting just going straight to a caucus system that he talks about I'd I actually agree with him I don't think we should go to a caucus only uh way to select our candidates in the primary but the way he goes after Uh, People And the way he attacks while making that argument makes his argument irrelevant, in my opinion, because it's not based on reason. It's not based on logic. It's it's all about him attacking other people in order to prove his point. And I don't think you have to belittle people to to persuade others about a good idea.
1: Right. And if and uh, no matter what, you know, what political party you're with, if you have to resort to that. What that means is is that your 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 argument is probably pretty weak right uh and so yes the the system where we have had both where you could um uh, petition onto the ballot or go through the caucus system, I think that is just fine
3: I think it's great, it creates choice, it creates two different avenues for two different types of candidates to get onto the to the ballot absolutely
1: and, and uh and so this, and again, think about the cost. To so over a third of the voters in Colorado are unaffiliated, and why? Why only unaffiliated? When when? And I was against. I, I in my voters guide, I recommended a no vote on this, because why unaffiliated? They get these ballots. What about Libertarians? What about the Green Party? What about everybody else? Exactly. And so I I felt that that was inherently unfair. As that was was written, but think about the cost to mail two ballots to over a third of the voters in Colorado, because uh, the unaffiliated get both Democrat and Republican primary ballots. They're supposed to only vote in one. I mean, who thought this up? This is just dumb. And those aren't
3: <laughs> those aren't small envelopes either. And you know, somebody always gets paid. You know, we do Christmas cards every year, and every year I'm like. Ugh, maybe we need a little bit less friends because postage starts to add up. But, you know, and then you think about not just a couple hundred people. It's it's thousands of people, and they're getting two of them. And you're right, Kim. It's just I, I think people don't think about what they're actually paying for anymore. We're so overtaxed. We're so overburdened with, with little – Nickel and dime costs here that we just don't even recognize where they're spending our money and and how much bloat there is.
1: Yeah, and so, uh, but you so you and I both agree that we like both systems: the petitioning on, and the uh, uh,
3: caucus system. caucus
1: system. And we want to hear from you. We're on open line Friday now, so uh, text messages. Uh, you know, we'll get to those here in just a minute. Uh, let's see. Okay. Okay, anyway, I, I do want to hear from you, but uh, this pains me to do this. This absolutely pains me to do this, but it is fact, and so I have I have to do that. And now I don't have the Senate bill uh, number in front of me, but um, first of all, there is uh, Dick Wadhams has been making money by supporting things that that don't that are not best for the people of Colorado, and he's been supporting things that are not the proper role of government. And so two things that I just wanted to mention, and I've been spending way too much time on Tracer, which is the Secretary of State. It's the follow the money on these campaigns. Uh, But WADAMs, and you can just go in, Colorado Tracer, you can just put in uh, name as you're searching on elections, put in WADAMs. And just two things that I wanted to mention. First of all, Uh, The Gallagher Amendment. That was uh, put on the ballot to repeal the Gallagher Amendment, which had been put in place. uh, Dennis Gallagher, we had had him on the show. He's since passed on. But he was a state legislator. He was also, um, I can't remember the position with the city and county of Denver. But it's called the Gallagher Amendment. It was back when um, property taxes in California were just out of control. And so this Gallagher Amendment was put in to put guardrails around property taxes. And uh, this was in 2020. It was called Yes on Amendment B, Getting Rid of the Gallagher Amendment. In my voter's guide, I recommended a no vote because I said that our property taxes would go up significantly oh here we are in 2023 and now people are looking at potential uh, property tax increases because their property assessments have gone up so much of anywhere to 30 40 50 60 percent that hurts people i'm concerned people are going to get taxed out of their their homes and uh so uncle dick wattums um was out there stumping to get rid of the Gallagher amendment and uh, and the other the other big player is Josh Penry. He's the one that's really making big bucks on it. And uh, I've been looking at uh, he's got uh, four different companies. He, he was EIS and now it's 76 Group. Those are the kind of the political consulting. Then he has Ascent Media which does media and then he has Blitz Canvassing which is a petition gathering company so one of the republican legislators that worked with him this last legislative session put forward a bill that was killed and i can't even believe and bob gardner also had his name on it a senator uh, was a bill that would basically gut the caucus system and uh people could only petition on which that makes it a rich man's game and uh so These legislators have used him, and and so he's making money on it. And it pains me to, to connect this dot, Alan. This is hard for me to do. But people have to understand our state has gotten here because we've had these Republican power brokers that have been not doing the right thing, and they've been doing it, in, doing these things instead for power and money. So Dick Wadhams received thirteen thousand five hundred dollars, and I think with Penry, what happens is is he gets the big bucks, and then he doles it out to the operatives. So it's really difficult to find who got the money on that but i can tell you he's made millions on all these other things but then um that prop 123 which basically was a um, kneecap on tabor because it took 300 million dollars out of the tabor calculation for affordable housing which that prop 123 undercuts home ownership uh, and that was in 2022 he received 27,500 $27, dollars. so I feel he's been selling us out, and so for him to, to write this piece in the um, that was published in the Gazette, uh, I think that we really need to to um, just, just understand that there are those on the Republican side, and I call them um, operatives, that they're milking the donors. The donors are these busy business people that they would really like to reclaim liberty in our state. And so these operatives come in and say, hey, you know, this will do it, this won't, won't, give us money, give us money. So they milk the donors, they pad their pockets, and we're losing Colorado as it occurs. And, again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you want to comment, you can, Alan.
3: Well, you know, I'll come back to kind of what you were talking about originally with the Gallagher Amendment. Is Well, that's a great example of federalism working. You know, that was Colorado looking at California going, we don't want that. Let's put the Gallagher Amendment in to prevent that from happening, or, in our case, what exactly is now happening? And I, I believe you know that's the importance we talked about remembrance, kind of there at the at the beginning during the first hour. That's the importance of remembrance too, is remembering history and remembering why something happened. And and we as Colorado voters, I think, forgot what the point and the purpose and the the prerequisite things that happened that made Gallagher want to put that amendment in. And and so since we forgot. Since we forgot that we wanted to prevent what was happening in California at the time of the Gallagher Amendment, we voted it out. A lot of people got paid a lot of money. And, you know, I will also say there's there's also some people that I think were genuinely fooled into thinking that this was a good idea. You know, there are some people that genuinely think, oh, Gallagher getting uh, repealed would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. I think they're seeing now that it's not but again when you when you see money like this it's it's hard not to connect dots it's hard not to say what is the true purpose of it and and that's the difficulty and that's also the importance again of the institution of federalism the institution of remembrance and gratefulness is is to prevent things like this from happening but when you're purposely obscuring what a what a uh policy is supposed to do, that's where it starts to get a little mm-hmm. iffy when mm-hmm. you're sitting here going, yeah, it seems like you're trying to hide something from the voters. It seems like you're not being totally reasonable. You're not using logic. You're attacking. That's when I start to question your motives. Because again, if it's a good idea, you should be able to stand on that idea alone and convince people of it. You don't need to attack people. You don't need to attack other people to, to convince them that your idea is a good one.
1: And going back to the Federalist Papers, they didn't attack others on that. Well, you, I, I guess the, they they did. Not by
3: name, yeah. but, but they did they did go after, but they more went after people who were were trying to, again, Hamilton definitely did not shy away from saying, hey, I think you're being specious in your arguments. Hey, I think you are trying to purposely confuse people because you have a lot of money on the line or you have power. They did go after people and say, you know what, people are going to oppose this constitution because it's going to take some power away from people. And whether they see that and they know that and they still oppose it or whether they oppose it on principle, we don't know. But regardless, there are people that are going to oppose it because they're going to lose out on some money. They're going to lose out on power. And so you need to be you need to realize that there is a bias in some people. So mm-hmm. they did go after them, but they went after them in a reasoned way. They didn't go after them saying – Hey, you know, you voted for Trump, you're a MAGA person. Or, you know what, hey, you you voted to uh, stay under Great Britain, you're a terrible person. They didn't go after him that way. They went after him in a very reason-coordinated way that that somebody could reasonably follow and say, yeah, you know what, that logic does follow.
1: Okay, great conversation. And we do want to hear from you. 303-477-5600. The text line is 720-605-0647. And uh, we had Aaron from Johnny Stubbs uh, heating air conditioning services on in the first hour. They are a wonderful sponsor of the show.
0: There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned Remax Alliance realtor, Karen Levine, when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning RE-MAX realtor, Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516.
5: It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubb Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubb Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubb Services schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubservices.com and receive a great gift that's johnnystubservices.com
8: all of kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with klz or crawford broadcasting if you would like to support the work of the kim munson show and grow your business contact kim at her website kimmunson.com that's kim munson m-o-n-s-o-n.com it's finally
1: it is Friday. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim as well. And Alan Studio, uh, Alan Studio stayed in the uh, Thomas, yeah. Alan <laughs> Thomas' estate is uh, here in the studio. Uh, Hold over from our number one. And we talked about your piece, How and Why the Federalist Papers Matter today. I am just. Intellectually, your pieces are just so important, and uh, they're all there. You can actually go to my website and uh, do a search for Thomas, uh, for Alan Thomas, and uh, your pieces will come up. People, people can get all those. We have Johnny in Denver is on the line. Johnny in Denver, what's on your radar?
10: Well, I was just thinking about. Um, I'm, I'm right now. I'm studying like how to get government, how to bid for government contracts. Now, I'm wondering if these guys are, are dipping. And they're that way as well, and uh, because they know people, you know maybe they can land more more government con- contracts, and they're they're like filling their pockets that way as well
1: yeah, you know, I don't know that Johnny, I haven't done the research on it, and to your point on government contracts is ideally, we need to get government only in the business that they're supposed to be in. And so there's a whole bunch of government contracts out there, but to give those government contracts, they're funded with taxpayers' money which is taken from other people. And so lower taxes would allow entrepreneurs to be hiring people like you uh, to do jobs. And so there's certain amount of things that should be government contracts, but I really think we need to get uh, taxes lower, Johnny. Um, so I don't know the answer yeah. to that, though. I haven't been able to do the research, but I tell you, if you go take a, a look at at Colorado Tracer, and it takes some work. I I even ended up having mm-hmm. to call the Secretary of State because I had some questions. Anything else, Johnny?
10: Yeah, well, I had a friend that was, we were, we were going back and forth email and she was saying, well, these, these mean, um, owners of, of uh, apartment buildings, they're raising up the rent, but I'm thinking like, okay, the government is raising taxes on them, they're they're making them do things to, to bring it up to whatever the government says code is, and so they have to pass those prices on to the consumer, and it's not that they're mean and, and evil, it's just that they have to feed their family as well.
1: Okay, a at, lot of
10: liberals don't understand.
1: Okay, and I'll I'll take that on, Johnny. Th- Johnny and Denver, thank you so much. Right. Now I do know a, a lot about this affordable housing thing, and uh, when I was on city council, I, I and and each of these different apartment buildings are the deals are a little bit different, but this was like two thousand twelve to two thousand sixteen. This was Douglas County, that basically many of these people that wanted to build single-family homes were told, well, in order for you to get this particular permit, we want you to do some affordable, which is subsidized housing over here. And so regarding these apartment buildings that we see that are being built, hey, if the free market is saying, this is what we want, I'm all for it. That's not the case. And it takes us back to this Prop 123 is what that was, and it was passed, and um, uh now I need to make sure I don't have the numbers right here in front of me. Let me just make sure before I say that. So I will I will just mention Wadams. Then he received twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars to stump uh, for this. It took three hundred million dollars out of Gallagher, uh, the Gallagher caps, which that is our refunds, and then they use that as a carrot to um, municipalities and counties to build more affordable housing, and it would be through these grants. And then it, and, and in the Prop 123, if these municipalities took that money, then they had to guarantee that they would increase the subsidized housing in their communities every year by, uh, I think it's 3%. Now it's all by memory. Uh, that's not a free market, Alan. That is not a free market, and that is a direct assault upon when, when people say, oh, my gosh, housing has gotten so unaffordable, this is the reason why, and it makes me mad, so
3: and it should i mean like 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 Johnny was alluding to also like you know this this increase in in property taxes is absolutely going to get passed on to the renters. How could it not you know if 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 you're paying more in property taxes and you're trying to earn a profit by by selling out apart- renting out apartment buildings, you've absolutely got to pass it right. on. And when you have these regulations like you can only use an electric lawnmower and now all these landscaping companies have to charge you more to upkeep your whole property, that's going to get passed on to the renter too. So, you know, ideas have consequences. and And taking our money and then saying that it's somebody else's fault because they want to charge you more – is is entirely wrong, uh, and you know it's it's political demagoguery mm-hmm. at its finest in trying to convince people that they're doing something for you, but at the same time they're actually taking more money out of your wallet.
1: Right, and and that this is the human nature component, and the founders understood this: is people like the idea of getting something for free, um, but people we need to understand that. If you get something for free, it's being taken from somebody else. And if they're willing to take it from somebody else, well, at some point in time, they're going to be knocking on your door, taking your stuff, too. So, uh, again, and you're- and
3: sometimes they're taken out of your own wallet, taking some fees off the top and giving it back to you and acting like they're a good person. Right. right. And right. that's that's the problem and the issue with a lot of the taxes we have is, you know, the poor and the rich among us are all paying taxes. We're all handing all this over. All of this is going to government and it's being handed back to us wrapped up in in a bow and it's not that you know it's you could have done way more with your money if you had never turned it over to the government in the first place
1: absolutely and i think that we all agree that there are some things that are the proper role of government mm-hmm. and we would want to tax ourselves to make that happen but it's supposed to be very very very
3: limited very guarded and you know that was that was why the states were given a wide array of sovereignty over stuff like this there there was supposed to be a little bit of a community saying you know what we think this is a good idea but we're also supposed to look at other other states and say you know what wyoming tried that idea it didn't work so we're not going to try it you know we we looked at what california did we put the gallagher amendment in and it worked It, it really worked and now we're paying the consequences of oh, wait, now it's not working for us. Maybe we need to put that back in.
1: Right. And, the, and I do understand the argument. What happened with, uh, well, and with TABOR, basically TABOR, Colorado's Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, is really about good manners. And it, it, it really had um, three, three components. Hey, PBIs, if you want to raise our taxes, you just need to ask us. If you want to incur debt, you just have to ask us that we have to pay off government debt. Or if government collects so much revenue above population plus inflation, if they uh, collect more than that, that's our money, they just have to ask us if they can keep it. But they don't want to ask us because we might say no.
3: <laughs> because most people really like their money. They do like I mean, their money. And that's, that's across the board. I mean, this is something that... That that frustrates me to to no regard. You know the the rich among us love their money just as much as the poor among us. You know when we when we get the option of getting our money back when we get a tax refund, everyone likes getting the, their money back from the government because the government didn't need it. So I mean this is something that you know there's always jealousy between uh, people who have different amounts of money. But just because there's jealousy doesn't mean we have to ignore a common thing that people like to work hard earn what they have to provide for their families. And when we get to keep more of that money to do with it, what we think is best, whether that's donating to charities, whether it's buying an extra present for our kids, whether that's buying gas so we can go visit somebody or going on a vacation, you know, that's something that we're allowed to do to, to put back in the world and and to, to make the economy work even Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's absolutely facetious to sit here and pretend like the rich and the poor don't like getting their money back from the government just as much as the next person.
1: Well, and uh, when people... Lower taxes actually increases the economy. And uh, and, um, and and if the economy grows and more people are working, more people are building businesses, um, actually tax revenue goes up when you have an economy that's growing because the pie is getting bigger. So you could lower the tax rate on people if but yet, if the economy's growing the tax taxes go up this is you know author Laffer, dr. brian Dimitrovic, uh the supply side but what happens then is the p b i s lose control and they lose power and they lose they don't they they don't um they're not at the trough of the of of our
3: public dollars is what happens right right they're not reliant people are no longer reliant on the government anymore right and that's the that's the problem and that's where we need to get back to is this self-reliance as a society and saying, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to stop taking money from the government. We need to stop all these tax breaks, picking special groups and special taxes for special people. We need to just get back to living, paying just taxes as we need to for the government that we absolutely have to have, but that should be completely restrained the way to the the proper role that it's supposed to be in.
1: And... Alan, Colorado is at the tip of the spear, and uh, when we come back, I want to talk about Prop HH, which that is going to be on the ballot this year, and there, it's, it should be defeated, but I, I have to be somewhat cynical on on the fight on that, and uh, we're having these important conversations because of wonderful sponsors, and one of those, just thrilled to have, is a new sponsor, and that is Boson Law. They're a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas uh, fight for the justice they deserve. Bosin Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury lawyers have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999. That's 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation another great sponsor of the show is dr craig stimpson
6: knowledge is power a reverse mortgage can be an important financial tool for individuals 62 and older it is essential to understand the process so that all your questions are answered with nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry Lauren Levy with polygon financial group has the experience to answer your questions Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal if you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage remodel your home buy a rental property or move call Lauren Levy at 303 880 Kim Munson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303 880
7: Pain can be exhausting and frustrating, and Kim was recently experiencing hip pain from life's wear and tear. Dr. Craig Stimson with Advantage Wellness Center was able to help. For over 35 years, Dr. Craig Stimson has been helping individuals and their entire families with non-surgical and drugless treatments to address sports injuries, back and neck pain, headaches, joint pain, and auto accident injuries. Call Dr. Craig at 303-691-1771 today for your appointment. Dr. Craig Stimson, he can help you too. That number is 303-691-1771.
9: Franktown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well. And that comes from a sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commission from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, Learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that. Then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com Franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made.
1: Indeed, it is Friday. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, I did mention Prop HH, and, and if we have time, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. It is going to be on the ballot uh, this, uh, this uh, November was referred to the ballot by the legislature and it basically would totally gut uh our colorado's taxpayers bill of rights so it needs to be defeated but i would like to break down kind of the politics on it as well but right now well alan thomas is in studio we have warren in wyoming warren in wyoming what's on your radar
8: Well, good morning, Kim and Alan. It's uh, Wyatt, but. uh, uh,
1: (laughs) Hi. uh, Okay. Steve put warren but yes, (laughs) Wyatt in Wyoming. Welcome to the show.
8: Good morning, Kim. Um, I just uh, wanted to say that I'm very impressed with uh, Alan and his thought process. However, I'd like to challenge him. He just recently said they allow us to do it. I think we need to change our thought process. The government doesn't allow. It doesn't permit. I am a, a sovereign citizen. I'll make the choices in my life. What do you think?
3: I I love that. Alan? A uh, 100% agree. I, I think when I say they allow us to do it, I'm, I'm reflecting more of the, the progressive thought and idea, right? Because the progressives love to... To give us the ability to live our life, as opposed to, like you said, and what the founding fathers absolutely believed is, they wanted to bring the individual into government and and to bring your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Right. So I I 100% agree with you. It may may have been misspeaking, but I usually when I say they allow us to do it, I'm trying to to come from their standpoint and the progressive standpoint, which is absolutely false, like you pointed out. Well,
1: and why in Wyoming, it's interesting that you would bring this up. And my friend Helen Raleigh, who uh, immigrated from China, she was on earlier this week, and we had had a discussion about, Now I can't remember. I want to say taxation or us getting our taxes back. I think I said they're giving us our taxes back. She said, Kim. They're not giving your taxes back. You know, we need to realize that they took that money, and that is our money. And so she really challenged me on that. But I think your your point, Wyatt, is the nuances of these words. Alan and I accidentally were using their words and and the nuances of these words is super important. And I, mm-hmm. I thank you for bringing that to our attention. Anything else, Wyatt?
8: Yeah, I've got one more thing. At the top of the hour, your news talked about the Biden administration's going to defund the Wuhan uh, lab. And I'm just curious if they're going to reallocate that or change that to the new bat lab in Fort Collins.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am concerned about that. The other nuance on that is, wait a minute we were funding the wuhan Wuhan china lab i mean that's the nuance of that headline i mean people need to realize that right
8: and why were we uh subsidizing our uh supposed enemies
3: but also more importantly i mean if you even mentioned the wuhan lab three years ago you were you were absolutely getting canceled on everything right you're You're a terrible person. Yeah, Yeah, you, you shouldn't be able to have Facebook, Instagram. Everyone around you should report you. You should probably just be locked up in jail. And now, three years later, we're finding out some truths about it.
8: But they're, they're allowing us now to talk about it. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, well done, Wyatt and Wyoming. Well done. Um, before we get through the whole show, I do want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation because we're seeing tyranny right now. But we need to honor those that stood against tyranny, beginning with you know our founders. And uh, the colonists, uh, I, we, we need to honor them and throughout our history. And uh, of course, the Marines, uh, Thomas Jefferson, the Marines were founded during the Thomas Jefferson presidency to go fight the pirates at the Barbary Coast. And uh, so we need to honor those that have been willing to give their lives or given their lives for us. And you can do that by contributing to the U.S. MC Memorial Foundation. That is the U.S. MC Memorial Foundation. Okay, I want to connect some dots for you. And you're probably going to think I'm pretty cynical. But since, you know, I've been looking through the money here. For example, the Coloradans for affordable housing now, which that was um, that Prop 123, Josh Penry's Blitz Canvassing, the petition gathering firm, uh, and this may not be all of it, but on six fourteen twenty twenty two they were paid one hundred thousand dollars for canvassing, and then on six sixteen 2022 another four hundred thousand and uh, you know so i 've been following the money and so my gosh if if you had just if you had a, a petition gathering firm and that you could get rid of the competition of a caucus system where the candidates could only get on via petition. Gosh, would, wouldn't that be good for you?
3: It'd be good for business, that's <laughs> Yeah, it for sure. would be
1: good for business if you could eliminate the uh, competition. And so you go to this piece by Dick Wadams, and you just have to say why. But let's get to Prop HH. It should be defeated. It is something that is, uh, would basically totally undercut our Colorado's Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. At this particular point in time, there are only two issues that are going to be, to be on the ballot. And the other is a, a, a Tabor question, and that is, is the government wants to see if, if it's okay with you. Is if they've taken in more taxes on these nicotine products than they anticipated above the, the caps, and so they want to keep that money, too. And I will recommend a no vote on both of those. But there is a, a big coalition That is uh, coming out. Uh, Colorado Union of Taxpayers right now has their name on it uh, regarding defeating Prop HH. But there's going to be big money. So these these operatives that make their living off of these elections, and uh, they make money whether or not the issue passes or fails. They just want to have the issue so that they can go out and raise money and run a campaign and get paid. And so the uh, Issues Committee, I checked on tra- Tracer, has uh, been created for Prop HH. And so it needs to be defeated, but it's sure going to be interesting to see who comes in on the money on this and who's getting paid.
3: So. And, and you know, Kim, this kind of goes back to we have the government we deserve right now. You know, the fact that we even have to spend money trying to defeat this shows how much confidence we have in the everyday person to be able to reasonably look at these things and understand whether this is the proper purpose of government. I mean, where could all this money have gone otherwise? You know, in just in our pockets, to, right back in to our us. pockets it, or or it could be going out to do more good. I mean, instead of donating to try and defeat a bill trying to take more money from us, we could be giving to charities, we could be giving to our own kids, to our own families. You know, it, it's just so frustrating that that you know, between you and I, we have so much we don't have very much confidence in the everyday voter of Colorado to understand that this is a terrible, terrible idea that now we have to spend a lot of money trying to get this message out to say, hey, guys, look and care about what your government's trying to do and how they're trying to take your money. I mean, it's it's a little absurd when you break it down to that level. And it's also kind of sad that we're at this point with this gift that we've been given in this country that we have to convince everyday people about this to care about what goes on in their state
1: and that's why why we do the show that's why these essays that you are writing are so important that's why we need to have the conversation more and more people and jefferson and they realize this and people will put up with uh and actually this quote that luana sent in for the end of the show people will put up with a lot and and uh, for example the founders the Declaration of Independence just didn't happen. There's all those usurpations in there. It was years. They're like, we don't like this. We don't like this. We don't like this. But- and most of them were governance
3: questions. I mean, the, the first, it wasn't taxes. It's not like the number one was taxes. That's not until farther down. A lot of it was like, hey, you're you're getting these meetings too far away. We can't attend them. You're not allowing judges to do what they need to do. You're not passing laws that are right and proper. And 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 yet we try and boil it down to oh these rich guys were getting taxed right, yep.
1: it's not and that's why my friends get your brains around these issues so that you can talk with your kids. In fact, uh, just recently, and I know it's quickly that the the, th- the three fifths clause in the Constitution. I was talking with a young person, and that is where the founders came up with this great compromise that was regarding uh, um, slaves at the time, and they were trying to figure out again they were debating. Representation, the House of Representatives. And it would that would be voted on, uh, the number of representatives would be based on population. And so those in the South said, oh, well, we want to count our slaves, too. And the, those in the North, because then they get more representatives. And, and those in the North said, wait a minute, they're not free. And uh, so they came up with this. You can count the slave population uh, and then use three-fifths of that for representation. And now today, there are those that are trying to say that the Founders said that um, that blacks were three-fifths human. It's nonsense. So I, I, I addressed this with this young person. He said, no, I, I think it's in the amendments. And I said, no, pretty sure it's in in the Constitution. Because you're right. He was never taught that. Yeah. But they're using that to try to divide us.
3: They are. And, you know, again, comes back to reading the Federalist Papers, understanding how and why that three-fifths compromise was in there. Because, that you know, they wrote about this. They, they discussed this ad nauseum. And then You know, again, we fought the Civil War because they weren't able to impart that equal liberty to Mm -hmm. all at the offset. And, you know, a lot of the founding fathers knew that that was a fight that was going to come along. And and, And indeed it did. And we paid the consequences as a country for it. There were a lot of people, a lot of men and women that died on, on both sides of that conflict fighting for the freedom of slavery or for the freedom of the slaves. Uh And we paid the consequences as a country.
1: But it was because we had this ideal that all men are created equal. And our quote for the end of the show, it goes way too quickly, Alan, when you're in studio, is from Thomas Jefferson, a letter that he wrote to Richard Price. January is 1789. Thank you to Luana for this quote. Says whenever the people are well informed, they can be trusted with their own government that whenever things get so far wrong as to attract their notice, they may be relied on to set them right. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, of honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. If I don't
10: survive, I'll